And I was thinking about, I think it almost seems to me as if I've been doing a very similar, um, uh, not a similar Dharma talk, but a, just kind of looking at the same thing from a bunch of different perspectives. But I'm, I've always heard that old saying too, that there's only really one Dharma talk. And um, it just, Mm-hmm. Let, go. Let go. That's my favorite. Um, but, uh, you know, the Buddha taught the nature of suffering and the end of suffering. So really his message was just one thing. But, you know, there's volumes of teachings he taught for 45 years. And he taught to thousands of different people. And he came um, from thousands of different directions with his message. And if you look at the lists and you look at the teachings... They seem different, but when you really examine them, they're all talking about the same thing. I think the more I get into these these teachings, I see that. I mean, there's the there's the really subtle, fine-tuned things, but big picture, you're moving in the same direction. How do you can you identify the way you create discomfort for yourself, and how do you learn to let go of that? How do you how do you um, find freedom from that? And so today I wanted to talk about something called um, the defilements, which is another one of those words that we use all the time in our daily life. (laughs) Never. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's like pronunciation. But kilesis is the word in the Pali uh, language. But um, the Buddha said... The mind is by nature radiant, pure, and shining. It's because of these visiting forces known as the defilements that we suffer. So it's these visiting forces, it's these things that show up in our mind that create this discomfort, this dissatisfaction. And if you think about it, that's pretty much what it is. I looked up the definition of defilements and their um, mental states that cloud the mind and manifest in unwholesome actions. And they are afflictions, destructive, disturbing, negative emotions. And they're fed by greed, the greed, hatred, and aversion, which we think of as, you know, the, the, really the, the, the source of our discomfort. But the defilements are much more than just greed, hatred, and delusion. They are Um, anxiety, fear, anger, jealousy, desire, cynicism, despair, on and on and on. Anything that obscures the mind, anything that takes us away from, from this moment of what we're experiencing. I think when I was looking at this, the thing that got me was, um, I'm used to like fear, anger, those types of things, jealousy, but things like, um, cynicism, I mean, you know, even that, it's just the mind making subtle judgments, subtle calls. And I think there was a a quote I had a few weeks ago about mindfulness. There's this other class I was teaching. And looking at mindfulness, it it was a quote from the third Zen patriarch. I don't remember what it was, but it was anything that, anything our mind does that um, kind of is in opposition to what is causes suffering, causes discomfort. Anything that our mind creates to kind of um, fight against what is. And fight can seem like a strong word, and so that's why I'm saying it's incredibly subtle. It's just this, oh, even that the Buddha would describe as a defilement, that dismissiveness of what's happening. 
you know, we make these subtle judgments about what is, and that, that causes these things. And, and the other things like jealousy and fear and anxiety, it's, it's what obscures the mind. So it's not just the five hindrances like of craving and aversion and restlessness and, and dullness and doubt. Doubt is also a, a, one of the defilements, really, really a, a big one, causing us to go, what even is this? Can I even? Self-doubt is another one of those. You know, why bother? All these things that we have developed um, through our conditioning, through our um, how we've lived in the world. They're habitual, they're reactive, and they arise through sense contact, which is, you know, second, second factor, second foundation of mindfulness in the Buddha's teaching of mindfulness, that recognizing whether things are pleasant or unpleasant or neutral, which is what kicks off or can kick off these defilements. If something is pleasant, we might want more. If something's unpleasant, we're going to take it away. And it's, and it's because of our sense contact. We hear something, smell something, taste something, see something, think something, experience something. There's the sense contact. And then we're off and running. The, the judgment, whatever it is that comes up. Um, the craving for something not to end, that desire, that does not just desire would be, gee, that would be nice, but the it starts getting into gotta have, gotta have, gotta have. Um, you know, this is this is when you talk about the teaching of the second arrow. This is the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth arrow. It's the the mind just running them up. Um, I I was um, I bought Thursday night. I bought some tickets to a concert for tomorrow night. We just decided at the last minute to see this show down at the Wiltern. Have you all been to the Wiltern? It's really small. It's a nice venue, right? And so there were only a few tickets, and there was a ticket in the mezzanine, and then there was a ticket on the floor, and they were the same price. And I'm like, oh, the mezzanine's a little closer, but it's in the mezzanine. This isn't in my head. But the, you know, but, but I really want to be on the floor, but the floor is a little further back. And then I'm like, should I buy this? Should I buy that? Should I buy this? But I really want to be on the floor. And then this, you can sort the tickets by best, best seat, you know, best value, all these things. And it's like, oh, it says the best, the better seat is the mezzanine. But I want to be. <sighs> Finally, I bought the floor seats because I wanted to be on the floor. And then as soon as I bought them, I'm like, oh man, should I have bought the mezzanine seat? <laughs> And Friday morning, I woke up, and that's what was like, and I'm like, oh, that's a defilement. That inability to be with, the mind getting caught up, the fear. There was a fear that I bought, I made a mistake. I bought the wrong tickets. And I'm like, but the rest of me is going, Mary, the will turn. There's really no bad seats. It doesn't matter. But the mind is just... The fear, fearful of it not being the best, you know, having, you know, oh, this, obviously it's going to be a life-changing experience if I get the right seat. And if I get the wrong seat, I'm just going to be pissed off and angry. So, but even if I don't think that explicitly, those emotions are, are showing up internally and they're kind of bouncing around. And so... That's how we suffer. That's suffering. That's discomfort. That's discontent. Um, you know, they, these, 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 um, 
defilements, they manifest in our moods, in our feelings, in our actions, in our beliefs, in our assumptions. My assumption was X, Y, and Z about the purchase I made. And I, if I look back over my life, I suffer a lot through those types of things, or I have suffered a lot. That, that just this, that discontent, that, dis, that I made a mistake, that's my conditioning. That self-doubt, oh, I did it wrong. You know, we all, we all have our own stories around this. And so, I mean, I mean the other night when I was talking about this, because I, I kind of do the same thing on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, and I was asking people to reflect on what brought them to meditation. You know, what brought you each to meditation? Not today, but just in general, because you've all been practicing for a while. You know, what, what was the initial um, uh, impetus that, that brought you here? Was it because life was so fucking good and you just wanted to crank it up to 11 and make it even better? Yeah. Anybody? No? That wasn't your story. That was not your story. <laughs> There was some discomfort, some disconnect. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. In a sense? Because sometimes we don't even know why we come. We're just like, I'm just going to do this. Because somebody said it would be good somewhere, somehow. somehow. Reconnecting with something or just having some way to be um, okay. Whatever that looks like. Even if we don't know what it looks like, it's like, can it be different from the way it is now? So it's almost like a defilement that drove us to um, coming into this practice. So these defilements are rooted in delusion of not seeing things clearly, of having you know these these stories come up in our mind, and then just knowing how it's all going to work out. I was I was um, uh, I was. Uh, I saw a friend of mine on Monday and hadn't seen him in a while. And I said, how are you? And he said he had this, um, Monday he had a weird thing happen to his eye where all of a sudden he had this bar that that was just kind of impacting his vision. And he had to go to the doctor and then he had to go back the next day and um, they weren't quite sure what it was. And he said it was almost like those bars that, um, you know, they put over people's eyes and pictures when you don't want to be identified. But that's, it was like in his eye and he was seeing everything like that. So he was trying to stay out of the, this I'm never going to see again kind of thing, which we can get into. That's an assumption. We make these assumptions or we have, we, we have some fear come up around an experience we've had. He's, the sight is impacted. There's a sensory input and unpleasant and then it kicks off whatever that, 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 that next thing is, that defilement. Um, so when we, it's, it's recognizing that the stuff we make up in our mind is really a fabrication because we just really don't have a clue. Um, I was talking to somebody this morning and she was saying it's like you pull from whatever your database is. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. It's a database in there of memories of conditions of experiences and whether your data your database may be corrupt you know it just may not be right but that's what we're working with and we're we're making presumptions and presuming 
and I love the you know what the definition of assume is making an ass out of you and me, you know, but only in the English language. It's not the <laughs> language. So we have to recognize that it's rooted in delusion and not seeing things clearly because we don't see things clearly when we're not in the present moment. And when we're caught in these defilements, we're not in the present moment. Because when we're in the present moment, we are able to see what is. We're able to stay with um, the experience. We can see the mind tripping. Like I could actually see my mind doing that thing with the tickets. And I had the unpleasant experience in my body of the fear and what that felt like. Or I don't even know if it was fear. It was like discomfort or nervousness or self-doubt and berating myself like, oh, I made the wrong decision again, blah, blah, blah. I don't even do it with these really bizarre little categories. And, and feeling the unpleasantness of it and going, but that's kind of wacky. But just acknowledging that that experience was still unpleasant, unpleasant, that thought was unpleasant, it triggers this whole scenario, let go of the scenario, come back to the unpleasant, just hang out with it, which is, which is what we, we need to do, we need to really make the effort to let go, like you said, the Buddha said, let go. Tan Jeff, the monk outside of San Diego, Tanistro Bhikkhu, he said that when we're caught in the defilements, our minds are imprisoned. Our minds are imprisoned. The actual emotion that is the defilement. It's not necessarily the emotion, it's what the mind does with the experience of the emotion. So if the ticket is like there's this this um, the thought brings up the idea the thought arises that I made a mistake that triggers the discomfort or whatever the emotion is and then the scenario immediately starts oh you made a mistake it's going to be awful you made a mistake past it's going to be awful future not present. And if you don't pay attention, if you don't bring yourself back to the present time, you're caught in that. There's the, there's, um, it, your mind is scattered, it goes into rumination, this aimless wandering. So this is the story that is easy to be angry or fear. Yeah. That's the actual. No, the, um, the emotion is just what it is, it's whatever's there. Um, it's the rumination, it's the, the mind just taking off. So that unpleasant experience, that uh, uh, being with the, mis, you know, made a mistake, feel that without all the other stuff that goes along with it. And this came up the other night, um, a, the story that we tell, the story that we get launched into, doesn't, even, doesn't have to be a whole big scenario, it could just be one word. Loser. A judgment. That's, that's also a defilement. You know, this judging, critical mind, that this voice that comes in, is also a defilement. So these stories that we think sometimes have to be sagas don't have to be sagas. They can just be a single thing. It's like our shorthand for ourselves. And so to really start to be aware of those. 
Well, we have to recognize that these things are not our fault, but we are responsible for them. That's what um, Lama Rod said a few weeks ago when he talked about, you know, our conditioning. Because these things are conditioned. We're conditioned to move in these, these, these grooved pathways in our mind. That this conditioning and these defilements are, when they show up, it's not our fault. We can't help it, but we're responsible for taking care of them. We're responsible for addressing them. <coughs> yeah, it's, they. Uh, there was listening to this um, um, story, uh, podcast by Steve Armstrong, and he was talking about how the defilements entice the mind. They trap us. So they just they just take over. That's that's what's happening when you drive somewhere and you don't know how you got there. And you really have to make the effort to pay present. Like I was last week, I was on a cruise, and I really want. Do you want some of my water, Bill? Or a cough drop? I have a cough drop. Okay, because I do have a cough drop. Oh, your fisherman's friend. Yeah, those will cure you. Um, I um, I was on a cruise last week, and I, I had been talking about really um, continuity of mindfulness, and really because mindfulness is not just when you're sitting on the cushion, and it's not just when you're on like this listening to Dharma talks, but you want to have this continuity of mindfulness that's with you all the time, or that you cultivate all the time. So I really tried to bring that to my experience on the cruise because it was really lovely. And it could be, it, it's so easy to get lost, especially towards the end because it's a very good lesson in impermanence too because the days are numbered, day one, day two, day three, and you know there's only seven of them. So you're like, oh, I got three days left. I got two days left. And the last day you get all the information about disembarkation and packing and it's like, so that's eight o'clock in the morning and you can lose the whole day by worrying about, oh, it's over already, you know? So to, to make the effort to let go of that, that mind, that future tripping, and come back to the present is, is what we need to do. So um, mindfulness is what blasts a hole in this delusion. It's what we use to begin to disentangle ourselves from these defilements. We have to, that's how we work with these things, with the kalesis. Kalesis is actually a nicer word than defilement. But again, it's all preference. It's all what you like and all what you don't like. So, so what you have to do is really be willing to stay put, to not just go off into this tried and true story about I'm such a piece of crap because I didn't, do the right thing or whatever. Um, just stay with, as usual. Um, be willing to experience the moment. And recognize that these kalesas, these defilements, don't happen, are actually part of practice. Because sometimes we think, I need to get rid of this stuff so I can practice. Once my world is perfect. Once it's quiet out there, once the temperature is correct, once I'm comfortable in my seat, then I can practice. 
when instead it's actually when we're struggling with these things is where the fruit of the practice comes from. I heard that, I had that one teacher on a retreat when I was having a really, I was really in a good space when I went into the retreat and I was, um, it was really quite pleasant for a number of days. But the teacher said, when it's really painful, that's when the work's happening. (laughs) Annoyed with him. But, you know, it does change because everything changes and it did get difficult. So, But it's true. The practice, you know, that's when we bring our practice, when it's unpleasant, when we're in in discomfort, when we're is uncomfortable. That's that's our, our, our red flag. That's our, um, um, you know, the notice, hello, pay attention. This is when you need to stop. This is when you need to come back and be with whatever that experience is. It's so enticing to stay with that. You have to, that's part of how you um, work with it. Um, Practice restraint. Be willing to not go along for the ride. Don't go along with the mind. Stop it. I was I was talking to somebody this morning, and and she's got this all these scenarios about this relationship that's not quite working, and it's like you need to let go. You need to let go. You need to let go. Come back. Come back. Come back. I always like to say, you know, the asteroid's going to hit tomorrow morning. We're all going to die. So really, don't worry about it. Can you be with? What are you going to do this evening with your last evening? Can you be present for it? It's like, can you be present for your last day on the ship, on a cruise? Can you be present? I used to, yeah, we can get so caught up in that. Um, So be willing, when you recognize that these um, defilements are present or you're lost somewhere, recognize it, acknowledge it. It's almost like the practice of rain. Recognize. Be willing to be with it. Relax your mind. Relax your mind. You're not in a fist fight with it. You're saying, oh, okay. Because when we're, when we're um, fighting it in, a, in a, an antagonistic way, that's when we're all tensed up and we're like um, constricted. This is asking us to let go and go, okay, this is present. This is happening right now. There's this arising, this cynicism arising. This, I went to the idea of sarcasm, too. There's this jealousy is arising. These emotions are arising. Um, and the, the story that kicks off, can I come back, relax, be with what's happening, be with the experience, experience the, the, um, the moment, and remember that these defilements are not who we are. They're just a visitor. They're just what's arising and passing. It's our conditioning causes us to lean in this direction, but it doesn't mean anything about who we are. So we pr- and then we practice restraint, as I said, and be willing, be willing to let go of it. That can be really difficult. Sometimes we're not interested in that. Sometimes we really want to stay in that revenge fantasy because it feels so good. Or we stay in that place of wallowing self-pity because it feels so good. It feels like we're comforting ourselves in some way. We never got comfort and that's a comfort. Or whatever, whatever it looks like, whatever the experience is, sometimes it can be so hard to let go. And that's when you 
make the effort to let go and be with whatever's underneath that. Because that, that, that defilement, that kalesa is, is, is a response, it's a reaction to what we're experiencing. It's a reaction to what we're experiencing. And so, again, through this, the way through this, the way to really turn towards it is that connection with the physical experience. What does it all feel like in the body? That's why it's really good practice to lean into these things. That's why I offer the, the instruction to um, connect with the sensation of gratitude. But it's also connect with the sensation of unpleasant experience. What does jealousy feel like? Not the story about it, but the experience of the emotion that's present. So that's, again, the differentiation. Leslie, it's the, the um, experience that they were about. To, oh, he's probably sleeping right now. He's playing with Dave. Um, so just experience the, um, the ex- what's arising. What was the initial reaction or response to the sensory experience? What was that? This is where we have to slow ourselves really way down. I mean, you may have been at some point in your, um, in your life when you're talking to someone or you're hearing something or seeing something and you can actually be with the experience as it's arising, especially if it's a, it's a, a big one like anger. Sometimes you can feel, oh, there's some anger showing up here. Or there's some fear showing up here. So we want to be aware of the physical sensation. Not the story around it, but the physical sensation. That's what you're asked to be with. And then um, Utejaniya, who's a Burmese teacher, monk, he talks about these and he says, you don't remove the defilements. Wisdom does that. So it's not we're not going in there and tearing these things out, but the more we investigate our experience and the more we see clearly, they just kind of dissipate. They're disentangled on their own. So through our practice of mindfulness and beginning to see clearly, they lose their, um, they lose their strength. They lose their charge. I sometimes have this experience of, of um, when I'm sitting and a thought goes by that used to be really painful, and it's it seems I, I kind of like mentally poke at it and go, is there anything there anymore? And there's and there's nothing there anymore. It doesn't kick off that story anymore. It doesn't have that that bite to it. And it's because I'm able to see that 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 um, that conditioning has kind of dis- dispersed. It may come back, but at that moment, it's gone. And it's through seeing clearly. It's through this practice and cultivation of mindfulness and wisdom and, um, and being, uh, being able to stay put, making the effort. You know, it's, it's all about the work. It's all about the work you're willing to bring. And it doesn't, you know, you don't get it in five minutes. As with all of this stuff, it takes time, it takes practice, it takes effort. So, 
those are my 15 sentences on calaces or defilements. Any, any questions about any of that? Does it make sense or not make sense? Or? Yeah. 